Welcome back to another episode of Middle School Students Argue About Books. I'm Mrs. Collins, a school librarian. I'm joined today by Angelina, Abby, and Tova, and we are going to be talking this week about movie adaptations, specifically movie adaptations of some of our favorite young adult novels. Did they do a good job? Did they do a horrible job? Do we love them? Do we hate them? Are they anything like the book? Uh, So that's today's argument. Um, And without further ado, we will begin. Okay, I'm just... It's not precisely a young adult book. I think it was more sort of written for adults. But uh, The Princess Bride by William Goldman originally came out as a book uh, in the mid-1980s, got made into a classic movie. I believe that most people my age and like within 20 years of my age have seen that movie. And most of our library club students have seen it because I've made you guys watch it. Uh, for me, one of the greatest movie adaptations of all time, hands down. I think partially because William Goldman, the author of the book, actually wrote the screenplay for the movie as well. Um, in my experience, I think that's been a pretty successful thing. Like when the author of the book is really involved in making the movie. Also, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Andre the it's Giant, a- pretty great. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I really liked how it was, it's interesting how in the movie, they have him like reading from the book. So it's almost like that it's like in their imaginations. I thought that's pretty interesting and not how a lot of movie adaptations are made. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a meta, right? Like, ooh, this was a book and then we made it into a movie. Ah, oh, we're playing with your brain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they definitely represented the characters really well in the um, movie adaptation of it. Yeah. And the other thing I really like about it is that when you read the book, there's this whole backstory, which is, like, not interesting to kids at all, about, like, a middle-aged man and his wife and his kid and, like, a midlife crisis and all this other stuff. And whenever I read it to people out loud, I leave all of that out because I don't think it's interesting. And sure enough, when they made the movie, they left all of that out (laughs) because it wasn't interesting. So, like, I think some of the movies we're going to talk about today leave out things that we wish they hadn't left out mm-hmm. um so or change things that are pretty significant and i think princess bride was one where like the stuff they left out was absolutely perfect um so with that let's uh maybe move on to one that we don't think is absolutely perfect the lightning thief the first of the percy jackson movies adapted obviously from the book of the same name by rick riordan I kind of doubt that they read the book to begin with. (laughs) And also, there's a lot of plot holes. Like, in the beginning... In the book or um, in the movie? uh, The movie. Okay. Like, in the beginning, Percy's, like, underwater, and then Grover's timing how long he can hold his breath. But in the book, it said that Percy could, like, breathe while still underwater, so he would never have to come up for air. So, therefore, he would just be there until he got bored. (laughs) Yeah, that does seem silly i don't know i like that wasn't the part that bothered me the most about percy jackson the part that bothered me the most about percy jackson was the casting um specifically uh 
Annabeth. Sorry, it has been such a long time since I've watched or read. Yeah, I think she was totally off from the description. Um, I thought that the movie was actually, like, okay. I probably wouldn't watch it again. It wasn't terrible, but the book is just so good that, like, a kind of not that great okay movie would look really bad compared to it. Okay, and so also adding on to oh sorry here no 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 keep going keep going um also adding on to Angelina wasn't that there there that whole part about how like this classmate was cheesing him and then like the water grabbed her but then everyone else didn't see that they like totally left that out too I mean I started reading the book a while because my friend wanted to read it and I was like sure and I read the first part and then I just put the book down because I got really into other series and stuff. And then I went to someone's birthday party and they were watching that and they just started it. And I was like, hey, are you coming up on the water scene? And like, you know, there's a fountain and stuff. They're like, what? (laughs) They had no idea because they didn't read the book. And I was like, oh, I guess that wasn't important. So they took it out. But I, (laughs) it's the only memory I have of that book. Yeah, I just, I feel like, um, every movie has to leave some stuff out, right? Like, if we talk about the Harry Potter movies, like, those books are so long. If they had tried to include everything in the movies, the movies would have been even longer than they were, and they were pretty darn long. So, like, that's always going to happen. Some stuff is going to get left out. Like, you can't put every single scene in a movie because nobody wants to sit in a theater and watch a seven-hour-long movie. But, um, yeah, like, like, what do you choose to keep and what do you not choose to keep? Mm-hmm. Um, is important. I mean, since we are talking about Harry Potter, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice segue there. It's yeah. Um, it's probably my only ever that I'm gonna do correctly. Um, and I ruined it. But <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, when I first watched the movies, I was like, oh, they took all these scenes out. But then when I Rewatch them I'm like oh that makes sense that they took those scenes out so I think Harry Potter did do a really good job although there's some movies that they took out of scene that I really really liked like I don't know if people know this but they actually originally recorded a scene at the end of the movie but I'm not going to spoil it which movie but at uh, end of number seven like the last like the Harry last, Potter last just one. I'm gonna sorry spoilers but you know Harry Potter just fake died and then like um, Draco had already gone on to the other side, but then what was supposed to happen is Harry would fall out of Hagrid's arm and then Draco would, th- he'd be like, Potter, and you'd throw him a wand, basically saying that Draco w- chose to be good at the end of the movie. But they took that out for, I'm actually not sure. That make me so mad. We don't get that redemption, right? Yeah. We don't get the redemption. Although, in the book in general, like, I feel like Draco deserved a redemption arc more than Snape, because Snape, yeah. it could have just been, like, an explanation of his backstory, but then that could have been, like, after he died, and you'd be like, oh, okay, instead of, like, yeah, but, like, Draco, there was more hints of him not mm-hmm. being a terrible person, Yeah, and it could be, like, just because he was born into this doesn't mean he has to be it. Okay, so we are getting a little off topic because remember we're talking about the movie adaptation and did they do a good job adapting it, not, you know, which character deserves redemption more. (laughs) The way they portrayed Ginny was kind of, like, annoying. Yeah, she's supposed to be, like, a strong female character and they just kind of made her 
also, sorry, Ron's good qualities, like he's supposed to be, in the book, he's like, he notices all the problems and he notices things are bad, except he tries to look at the silver lining or make, on the bright side. Except in the movies, they kind of portray that as stupid and like doesn't understand that there's something bad going on. He understands, he just wants to make it better. Yeah. Well, I it's mean, it's kind of hard to capture that. It is kind of hard to the, capture that in a movie. You know, mm-hmm. it could it could have but also been the actor. Yeah, it could have, right? Like, like, like Rupert Grint, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. He could have like been playing Ron like dumber than he had to be. You know, mm-hmm. it could have been he he could have been doing that. Yeah, he probably could have said some of his lines a little bit more um, knowingly or witty than he did. Right. I mean, maybe he was going for dumb as comic relief, right? Like, maybe mm-hmm. they thought in the visual medium that, like, a more nuanced or, or deeper character would be less funny than somebody who was just mm-hmm. kind of on the dumb side. I won't say dumb, mm-hmm. but, you but know. They, they, what I think they could have done is have, like, some moments where he kind of thinks over something and then say something kind of hilarious. Oh, no, something bad happened. And then he would have been like, hmm. And then says something hilarious, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, Ron, whatever." Right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, let's talk about another fantasy classic that um, lots and lots of people read, um, which is uh, the Golden Compass. Have have no, we it was on my to read list. Oh my god. Okay. And I made it in sixth grade. So I'll just say very briefly <laughs> first that you guys should read that book. And second, actually, you should read the whole trilogy. And second, they made a movie out of it, which I was like, meh, so-so, about a few years back. I want to say maybe like five or six years ago. Um, is there a polar bear in that? There is a polar bear. There's an armored oh, yeah, polar I've, bear in that. Um, yeah, I've watched. Is it with like a little boy? It's a little girl. It's a polar bear. Okay, it's a little a girl. Polar bear. Yeah. I think I've watched it. But yeah. I was very young. Yeah, there is, however, now a new, like, miniseries version of it. And I think that that's, like, a new trend that they're doing with book adaptations is instead of trying to do a movie where you have to cram everything in the book into, like, two or three hours, you can do a miniseries <laughs> where it's, like, ten episodes that are an hour each. And then you get ten hours for one book. And that's what they did the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on HBO, so... You know, not everybody Didn't they do that access. with the unlucky children or whatever? I forgot the name. Uh, yeah, series of unfortunate events. Yes, this, all right. uh, that also children. has like yeah. thirteen books, so they just kind of did like one episode per book. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Still, tech a very long episode. I've watched the first episode. Yeah, so they also they made that one, the first book, into a movie, which yeah. I thought was like. Mm. Okay, you know. Um, how about, let, let's go to a dystopian favorite, uh, The Hunger Games. Thumbs up, thumbs down. How do we feel about the adaptation of The Hunger Games? Abby is shrugging. Um, She's like, I don't know, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it. Did you read it? No. Um, I'm reading it with, I'm reading with you, actually. Awesome. So I will. Okay. But the movie adaptation, we have it. But my dad is this thing that we have to read the books first. So he made me read all the Harry Potter books first, and then right. we can watch the movies. Angelina, have you, so, have you read and or watched? Um, I watched it, and 
uh, I watch all the movies, but one thing I feel that they kind of left out was why Peta is like a decent character because in the movies he was just like there wasn't that much effort put into him being like more likable. Than- yeah, so a couple of things about the movie in particular made me angry. And Tova, since you're reading it with me right now, you can you can be uh you you know what I'm talking about. So in the book, mm-hmm. Katniss is very small. She's physically like much less tall than all of the other tributes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, except for like Rue, who's twelve. Um, and she's very, very skinny, right? Like we're we're talking about mm-hmm. people who have had hunger as part of their life for like most of their existence and you know when she first gets called as tribute and she's on the train and they're feeding her really well she's like gorging herself the entire time because she's so skinny and then like they chose Jennifer Lawrence to play her in the movie and I think she did a fabulous job acting wise but my immediate reaction was she's got too much meat on her bones like that girl does not look like she has ever missed a meal which is great like, I'm all for, like, so I'm really conflicted about this one because I'm all for actresses not being super, super skinny, like, unrealistically anorexic-looking skinny. I think that that's a horrible body type image that we're promoting for girls, and so I love that Jennifer Lawrence, like, has real curves. But this is one instance where she was supposed to be that skinny, you know? And, like, I was kind of bothered mm-hmm. by the fact that Jennifer Lawrence doesn't look like that. Two other casting problems with The Hunger Games, and it's PETA and Gail, <laughs> right? Like we've got our dueling love interests in both the book and the movie. Peta is supposed to be blonde and taller than Katniss by a bit and really big, like a big beefy guy, right? Like he's been well-fed because he's the baker's son. He's really strong because he's constantly hoisting like 50-pound sacks of flour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gail is supposed to be more sort of like lean and look more like Katniss, dark haired, darker complexion. Um, not fully fed correctly. Right. Not fully fed correctly. And they chose Josh Hutcherson, who is shorter than Jennifer Lawrence, or at least like the same height as Jennifer Lawrence and kind of a scrawny dude to play PETA. Also, he's dark haired naturally. So they had to dye his hair blonde, which did not look natural. Um, and then like when he's lifting the weights in the training center, it's so obvious that they're made out of styrofoam because this dude is tiny. Like, there's no way that he could just, like, heft a 100-pound weight, right? (laughs) So, like, that really bothered me. Um, And then Gail was a natural blonde. Chris Hemsworth is naturally blonde, and they had to dye his hair dark. Yeah, exactly. They should have just switched the characters. Especially because you described um, who they cast as pedo, scrawny. Like, that probably would have... Um, when in the movie, probably, even though I haven't watched it, made have portrayed as underfed. Right. And Josh Hutcherson is like a more accomplished actor than Chris Hemsworth. I think Chris Hemsworth is more of like a pretty boy. So they chose mm-hmm. the person who was a more accomplished actor to be the one who had more lines in the movie. But like, I don't know, like, again, his acting wasn't really the issue. Like, I thought he was okay, but, like, his physical appearance just kept nagging at me. I found myself, like, unable to suspend my disbelief and get into the movie because the characters, like, just didn't look the way they were supposed to. At least they didn't put, like, big suits on them or something. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, or make them artificially lose a whole bunch of weight. Or, like, CGI them to be super skinny. 
Mm-hmm. That would have been weird. Speaking of CGI, Tova wanted to talk about Paddington. Oh, actually, I wanted to oh, talk sorry. about sorry, Abby wanted to talk about Paddington. <laughs> but I'm on board for Paddington. Um, well, I just want to say something. I This is not really related to how good the adaptation was, but I had no idea that the girl who played Rue was actually the same one who's in The Hate You Give and... Uh, what was that one? Everything, everything. Yeah. I didn't realize until like I saw an interview with her and they're like, oh, she's from the Hunger Games. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, she is. Uh Um, But I don't have that much to say about Paddington, just that I thought both movies were really good. Uh, Also the second one got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's pretty cool. Um, And I thought that the CGI wasn't really, it didn't bother me that much. So it was unlike cats and sonic and stuff like that they did a really good job even though it was made way earlier yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i would actually like to kind of elaborate on why it's so good they made paddington like hilarious and they kind of put into perspective like he's this little bear and he likes eat marmalade and which is wears sort of his defining features in, in, <laughs> in the book, right? Like, in the book, he's just a bear who le- likes to eat marmalade and wears a red hat. And, like, mm-hmm. it's a 32-page children's book, so it's not super mm-hmm. detailed. It's always interesting to see how they take something like yeah, that but, and make it into yeah, a movie. Yeah, they took, like, a children's book, which I think was supposed to be more silly, but they kind of made it, like, more, I don't know if I should say more grown up, but they definitely made it more interesting for older audiences because they included, like details like in the like in the jail they had like these big you know like inmates yeah yeah thank you inmates and they had you know scrawny guys and then you just had this bear who dyed everything pink on accident (laughs) yeah which was awesome yeah Uh, Um, yeah like i think another portrayed the characters hilariously Another oh, yeah, I had. Oh, oh, go ahead, Abby. I had to add on to that. My mom like still quotes like there's this part where he's like teaching Mr. Brown how to say his name, and then Mr. Brown tries, and he's like Mr. Brown. That's very rude. And my mom still quotes that because she just thought it was so hilarious. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely enjoyable to older audiences and parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do feel like most movies that are made for much younger kids. Um, where like the assumption is that the movie is going to be watched with a parent um, because generally much younger kids don't watch movies all by themselves often include little like humor nuggets or plot elements that are meant for the adults or meant for the older sibling or whoever is watching it with them that like go Mm -hmm. right over the head of the little kid who's watching it but are super funny Mm -hmm. for the adults I think if they didn't do that adults wouldn't take their kids to go see the movies um, let's mm-hmm. talk about another I mean, one that was sort of for younger audiences, um, and that's also uh, animated, Pixar, uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, yeah. Awesome. They're nothing like the books, though, because I have the books, and they're just, like, you know, pages, and they're very, very different. Yeah, let's talk like, about that. The, only- the premise of the books. What What's the premise of, like, the main action of the book, Tova? For the first one, How to Train Your Dragon. I mean, this is what I got out of it. It's kind of like, you know, him and he's going to, like, this cave it's and, a, you know, like, they're trying to catch dragons, kind oh, of. Oh, I like, read that. Re- I actually killed. reread it recently. Okay. Um, it's kind of about him trying to fit in because he's, like, a real outcast and he gets this, like, really small dragon from the cave. 
and then he's like going through all these and it's about him going through these like training exercises and trying to since he's also the son of the chief in the books he's trying to like prove Mm -hmm. himself yeah I think for me one of the biggest differences there is that in the book everybody gets a dragon at a certain age and they're supposed to train their dragon right um Mm -hmm. and the kid who's the main character um who is also the son of the chief gets a dragon who just like is untrainable like none of the things that they would say to do with his dragon work because his dragon is just very difficult to work with and Mm -hmm. kind of a runt anyway and then in the movie we have like an entirely different plot line oh yeah but they definitely portrayed you know he's trying to fit in yeah they did they brought that over perfectly i really liked how they i mean it's kind of hard to compare because they're just two very different stories right i mean they do have their similars like you know he's the son of a chief he gets he um you know wants to fit in he figures except- something out that none of the other people have caught on mm-hmm. to right in the in the book mm-hmm. it's um well, I don't want to spoil anything in the story, but, like, there's a, a big danger coming that he figures out that other people haven't figured out. Um, and then in the but movie... But in the movies, it's he learns how to tame dragons instead of just right. killing them. Right. Um, and it's funny because I, th- I feel like by the end of the movie, they've taken us to the point where, like, maybe this is the society that happened in the book, where everybody mm-hmm. tames mm-hmm. a dragon and trains it, right? Which is sort of, like, mm-hmm. where they Have start Have you guys seen the sequels? The I have not seen the sequels. Well, they kind of are like a continuation. Like, they get older as the things goes on. So, like, in the... I'm not going to spoil the second movie, but, um, you know, there is a big danger. I think that might be part of what they took over from the book. I don't think it might be the same danger, but there's definitely, like, a big danger, and, like, they have to go and battle it or something. There's a huge battle and then um in the third it's more of like species of dragons kind of you know like i don't know how to say this without spoiling it for you but um, okay let's move on to another another movie adaptation oh i just had a like so i felt like they kind of just took the title and then made their own like their own story from that so is that okay for movies to do is that like a good representation should I mean, they have done that? Well, I don't know. Like, I, I think it worked out great. Phenomenal. Yeah. I think like if what you're, if the question that we're asking is, was the movie adaptation true to the book, which is then one question really. that you could possibly ask, then they did a horrible job. <laughs> right? Like they were true to some of the like emotional themes of the book, but not really the action. If mm-hmm. you're asking the question on the other hand of like, was the movie good? and was the book good and would you recommend both the movie and the book then like in that particular instance i would say yeah totally like mm-hmm. the movie was good mm-hmm. the book was good they were very different from each other but they were both good you should read and you should watch whereas like if going back to percy jackson i'd say definitely read the books eh, don't watch the movie or only watch the movie because you'll enjoy it if you haven't read the books maybe more Right, but like, or don't... maybe watch the movie before you read the books. Right, because <laughs> so you, you can enjoy the movie and then and then you can go read the books and find out how much better they were. Um, but I personally like reading the books first because then you can like get your characters in your head and you're not like, 
um, you're not reading you know, the book the movies, with they a pre. Have it differently. Yeah, you're not reading the book yeah. with a preset. Like image I remember of when I first watched the movies of like, um, I mean, I haven't watched Percy Jackson, but like Harry Potter or other movies. I was like, those characters are so different from how I saw them in the books, except for Ron Weasley. He was exactly how I portrayed him, but like they looked so much different and they yeah. acted pretty much yeah not exactly how i picture them so i like reading first so i can get my own ideas so then but like if you watch but the movie first and then you read the makes, book right sometimes that makes the movie worse for you right true um so all seventh graders in our school district read the giver um mm-hmm. which tova you will read it next year um angelina have you guys read that yet um, we watched the movie instead because we couldn't um, read the actual book because of something. Okay. Well, in general, seventh graders read The Giver, um, and then, you know, maybe they watch the movie or maybe they don't. Um, the Giver is one where, like, for me, I felt like the movie adaptation was okay. But. Oh, yeah. But, like, they played up the romance sort of between Jonah and or Jonas is it Jonas or Jonah I forget I think it's Jonas Jonas. yeah they might be wrong and in the book there really isn't any romance between Jonas and that other character it's more just friendship but like maybe they felt like it to make it more of like a young adult movie they had to have a little bit of romance going on yeah, like, in the book, he's, it's totally... They're, like, 12-year-olds in the book, and in the movie, right. they make them, like, 18. So they're totally different. And there were several things that weren't true to the book. I mean, I think they did an... I think they did an okay job. Like, it was worth watching, but not more than once. So, Angelina, you only watched the movie. Were you... I mean, like, did it seem like a good storyline? You know, like, were you... Did you like it? Um, it wasn't bad, <laughs> but I feel like if I read the books, I would like it more. Yeah, sometimes if you read the book, so here's the flip side of like, if you read the book, you'll be disappointed in the movie. Sometimes if you read the book, you'll get the movie better and you'll mm-hmm. actually end up liking the movie more because the things that they left out make it so that like, if you've read the book, you get it better like you understand what's going on whereas if you haven't read the book you don't um mm-hmm. let's talk about another one though where they changed the age of the characters and this will be our last one because i think the bell is about to ring oh wait there it is actually the bell is ringing right now so um last one ender's game classic sci-fi uh, i feel like everybody many many people have read ender's game whether they like science mm-hmm. fiction or not um it's a really fabulous book we used it for the Battle of the Books this year. Um, the main character is like six at the beginning yep. of the book. And in the movie, he's like 14, I want to oh. say. Um, I haven't watched the movie, but I've like read the first beginning of the book and that just sounds... Yeah. So because like, there's definitely things six-year-olds do that 14-year-olds don't do. Right. He's supposed to be makes... a genius, right? So, like, emotionally and, like, vocabulary-wise and the way that he presents himself in the book, he's very much older than six years old. Um, but, like, in the book, he starts battle school at six years old, and he ends battle school and moves on to command school at maybe ten years old. So the fact that he was obviously older than ten the entire movie was really hard for me, especially because 
there is a scene where Ender is getting bullied um, in the book and in the movie. Um, and the, the boy who is bullying him is supposed to be significantly older than him. Like he's six or seven or something like that, uh, or maybe even eight by that point in the book. And this old other kid is maybe 13 or 14 and is way, way bigger than him and has goons that are also way, way bigger than him. And in the movie, the character who was playing Ender was taller than the character who played the kid who was bullying him. So then, like, the whole dynamic of that scene got totally... Oh, yeah, there's also, like, that romance that they tried to add in or something. Like, the hormones weren't supposed to be going on in the book. <laughs> no. Like, Where's not at all. Mm-hmm. Because he's 10 like, cause, when he leaves. Well, he's, mm-hmm. And, like, he... When I was 10 years old, I played ditch. <laughs> that's that's about it. That's probably the only... And, you know, we were all friends with the other group. Once you get older, it definitely splits. And our class had this weird thing where it split in half, girls and guys. Yeah. Our, <laughs> ours like, did that, just too. Not on purpose. So if they add romance to 10-year-olds... Yeah. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Because they're 10. Right. So, injecting things into the movie that don't belong, definitely a problem. Right? Let's see. What else have we named? Uh, adding car- unknown romance. Adding, un- right, yeah. Adding romance or, or like weird plot lines that aren't part of the book. Weird plot lines that aren't part of the book. Taking out stuff I mean, that is super important in the book so that, like, it makes less sense. Mm-hmm. Bad casting. Like, yeah, bad casting. Bad casting. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Um, when the Generally when the author works on the book, because, like, didn't J.K. Rowling have, like, script editing rights for yeah. the mm-hmm. movies? And that's probably why they were actually, they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So she got to help make the choices about what stayed and what got left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think in general that that's helpful when the author is involved mm-hmm. any final not really okay. although i feel like in the future people should definitely like actually get the author to be involved if possible mm-hmm. for a film yeah okay final I have thoughts a solution now. oh okay go ahead Toba. One, one final solution watch the movie read the book rewatch the movie oh. you will get both so you watch it first and like you see all the dynamics and you read the book and then you understand the movie and you can rewatch it and you probably see it in a whole new different way yeah okay so last thoughts a movie a book to movie adaptation that's coming up that you are excited to see or one that you wish oh um i really want to see um the adventurers guild be made into movies I want to see how they would do all those, you know, elves and monster battles. Yeah. I've heard rumors of Keeper of the Lost Cities getting made into uh, a movie. I don't know how they do all the glittery beautifulness in yeah. a movie. I feel like it'd be kind of a letdown because the author just kind of lets your imagination roam. Yeah. But, like, to be actually pictured. Yeah, you kind of have to pick books that are structured, that have, like you know, very, um, that don't really allow you that much room to wiggle. Because if you do, then lots of audiences will probably be disappointed in it because it's not what they imagined. 
Yeah. And like the only descriptions given are like the shimmering castles or that or something about like Walt Disney wanting to throw rocks at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, the stuff is supposed to be like legendary and like amazing and like she can't process it so turning that into an actual building or like you know a vision Mm -hmm. on the screen it just seems like it's kind of a recipe for disaster so hopefully it's not terrible yeah although i'd be kind of concerned on how they'd portray like the other races Mm, like goblins and such yeah I would love to see The Diviners by Libba Bray get made into a movie. I have to say it would have to be a horror movie, and therefore I would probably like it less than I liked the book because I can handle horror in books, but like in movies oh, yeah, it freaks me out way, books. way more. But I think like the whole environment of that book, it's set in 1920s Manhattan during Prohibition and jazz and speakeasies and like the clothing and everything I think would be oh, super yeah. fun to watch. Um I think that's why I like Little Women because I like when they have you know like old like older movies or like set older movies. Yeah, like historical fiction. It's more interesting. Yeah, Yeah. historical fiction. I'm I don't really like reading books about historical fiction, which is kind of weird. But I like the movies. They're great. Okay, Abby, what what book do you wish is going would be made into a movie or is going to be? Okay, this is a book that not many people know, but it's called The Forbidden Library. There's like four books in the series. It's, I like it a lot. Um, I don't know. I wish more people read it, and I wish it was a movie. Well, if they made a movie, more people would read it, right? That is one mm-hmm. of the side effects of every time a movie comes out that was made from a book, the readership of that book goes way up because there's lots of people whose parents want them to read the book first, and then there's lots of people who just didn't even know there was a book until a movie is coming out, and then everybody goes to read the book. Mm. All right, on that note, we will conclude. Thank you so much, Abby and Tova and Angelina. And... This has been another episode of Middle School Students Argue About Books and Today Movies. Um, Our music is Urban Metronomica by Spinning Merkaba, the production and editing of this podcast is done by the Green Library Club and me, Mrs. Collins. Hope you enjoyed, and we will be back next week with Stacy Lee, author of a lot of really great historical fiction um, and realistic fiction, uh, to talk with us again about books. All right, have a wonderful week.